0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
3: Broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on dish your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukesShow.com on the interwebs. It is Thursday, and we are ready to party.
0: Welcome to the party, pal.
3: That's right. Welcome to the party, pal. We are ready to party party and uh, jump into this and talk about all different kinds of stuff today. On the program, we start off this morning with uh, headlines and discussions, talking points, um, pontifications, maybe a rant or two, I don't know. I haven't decided yet exactly how I want this to go, but I know we're going to be talking about all the... All the hot news that's fit to print, so to speak, here uh, is going to be our uh, is going to be our our direction, our goal for this morning. We're going to be covering all those things and talking about all that. Starting off in hour one, uh, we're also going to open up the phone lines and talk with you, the listeners, about well, whatever I guess whatever topic comes to mind for you. So that ought to be interesting and fun for sure. To see what you guys, I'm counting on you, I'm counting on you to give me some good topics and uh, let's not get down into the weeds and the pucker brush with the conspiracy theories and everything else. This is not the Alex Jones show, but we'll we'll see what we can come up with. Uh, so that's going to be hour one. In hour two, we're going to expect a visit, maybe long, maybe short, uh, from uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce from the Kenai Peninsula. He's going to be coming in to talk with us. Uh, about uh, the big announcement that he's got coming up this week, uh, which, uh, according to some sources, in fact, I want to make sure that I <clears throat> let me not let me not misquote this here. And put my glasses back on. Uh, let me not misquote this, but the uh, the the headline reads, or the uh, not the headline, but the material reads uh, from Must Read Alaska. They said a campaign source told them that this announcement will shake the political landscape in Alaska. So, I don't know what's going on, but it'll be uh it'll be interesting. Um it'll be it'll be an interesting discussion. Uh and so we're going to have Mayor Charlie Pierce on the program coming up in hour 2 today to try and get things uh going on. We've got uh some headlines coming up including a weird abrupt about face from the House of Representatives. Um I think that uh this definitely deserves some compare uh you know some comparatives in the story. Two different stories uh coming out of the House of Representatives. One dated uh like 3 4 days ago and then one dated this morning. Newsline. Newsflash, Dateline today, whatever it was. I mean, it's um, <laughs> there's some interesting stuff going on here, and I just don't know quite what to say about it yet. But um, we'll go through that and talk about that uh, as well, and uh, we'll get some we'll get some takes on what's happening. Uh, some new resolutions coming out of the uh, legislature, talking uh, about that as well. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's good stuff. It's interesting. we'll we'll just put it that way. It's interesting stuff. Um, and so we'll have that as well. I guess that's about it. Nothing really new on the uh, I've been following the you know, the whole Ukrainian thing, and a lot of um interesting stuff you you don't know at this point as you know, as look, as much as I support the Ukraine. Uh, and I'm ashamed of and and agitated with what's going on with Russia. I also know that there's some propagandizing going on by the Ukrainian side of things, too. We've seen some things being released, the whole ghost of Kiev thing and all that uh, going on. And so I'm trying to watch some of this stuff with an open mind. Um, but there's been multiple reports right now. This is interesting to me. Multiple reports of Russian troops surrendering without a fight. Um. Uh, uh, dismantling or uh, sabotaging their own vehicles to be able to turn around and surrender. Some of those who were captured um, have complained, and this is from a couple different sources that I was reading um, yesterday and today, uh, that were basically saying they didn't even know they were going to war. They were fairly brand new conscripts within the last uh, two or three months, and they were told they were going on a training exercise, not not going into an actual live battlefield. Uh, and there's a lot of weird stuff going on here, so you have to take it with a grain of salt a little bit because it's coming out of the Ukrainian side, um, and you know they want to. Uh, <clears throat> they obviously want to show the best light that they possibly can in a lot of this stuff, but it starts to raise some eyeballs for you for sure. You start raising your eyebrows, going, "Hmm, what is really going on in there?" Um, last night. The, uh, or late yesterday afternoon, the first uh, major city in Russia fell, the city of uh, Kherson, uh, which is down on the, uh, on the coast, apparently, uh, and it has fallen with troops now in the square. The military had fallen back, and all that was left was civilians. Uh, oh, that was that other thing, too. There was a Russian—apparently there was a mutiny aboard one of the Russian warships, and they said they refused to—, to uh, to uh, fight a couple of the uh, uk newspapers were reporting on that as well so there's a lot of weird things going on um in this whole situation i think it was pretty clear from the very beginning that um um that uh that putin expected to be able to just kind of roll right in he expected to be able to roll right into the ukraine and capture kiev in 48 hours and topple the government and put it in, but here we are. What are we are seven, eight days, eight days now later. Uh, so this thing is—I I think it's not going away. Not going away. Um, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. But this is—it's it, kind of interesting to watch, um, nonetheless, and try and figure out if you can read the truth between—if um, you can read the truth between all the lines and all the stuff that's coming out there. So that's about all I have to say on the Ukrainian thing today, uh, other than we're watching to see, you know, what happens next to Odessa, what's going on with Kiev, what's going on with Kyrgyz, uh, all these different places. It's um, it's crazy. All right. Um, so uh, where are we going to go from here? i got some other headlines, but I do have a line on hold, and I said I was opening up the phone line, so immediately somebody wanted to jump in. Uh, and so I guess we'll start there. We'll start uh, – uh, I guess we'll start over here at the at the phones to see what you guys have to say. The phone number to call if you would like to participate is the Pivotel call in line at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. by our, uh, by our friends at Pivotel and SatelliteWest.com. Let's go over to the phones and see who wants to start the conversation this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
4: This is Murph calling from the Denali area.
3: Well, hello, Murph. How are things in the beautiful Denali borough today?
4: Uh, Pretty good. We've been getting lots of pretty sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) And we got lots of snow uh, up in the Alaska Range. We've got over 10 feet of snow so far.
5: Oof.
3: Makes for a very white winter and uh, nice, but that sunshine is sure welcome, isn't it?
4: Yes, it is. What's and a- there's been a lot of shoveling going on with all the neighbors.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. At least you're all coming together. So what's on your mind this morning?
4: Well, it was something that you talked about, I believe, on Monday. You mentioned something about a, uh, someone in the legislature wanting to uh, form a program for um, people to be able to go into the parks and stuff like that. And I kind of got the impression that you kind of foo-fooed it and stuff. But um, I worked for seven years as a dispatcher expediter out at the and Visitor Center in Denali National Park. Mm-hmm. And every year I watched them hike up the prices of what it cost for people to be able to come into, like, uh, Isleson or go out to Wonder Lake or Kantishna. And I felt, honestly, that, that they were making it so that, um, you know, lower income families wouldn't be able to afford to come into the park. And, you know, it's supposed to be for everybody. And I would personally like to see some type of program implemented that if a family is of a really low income that they get some kind of a break on the cost because it is run uh, ran by concessionaires. And yes, the park does get a certain percentage of that money and stuff. But, uh, I would like to be able to see lower families get some kind of a break on it so that they can come into the park and, and enjoy it the way that, uh, people who have a better income can enjoy it. And, um, I went down to the lower 48 after my husband passed away and took his ashes back to the ranch in Idaho. But I also visited several of the parks. I was at Zion. I was at, uh, Craters of the Moon. I went through Yellowstone. I went through, uh, um, Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse, and they were jam-packed with tourists and stuff like that. And I would like to see some kind of, of program implemented, like I said, that would help lower-income families be able to afford to be able to come into the park like everyone else. And uh, I've been wanting to call you for days now to tell you about that. <laughs>
3: well, I appreciate that. What you're referring to is Representative Garen Tarr, has got a bill in it's called it's an equity legislation bill that would establish the office of outdoor equity uh which would it's aimed at marketing and paying for great outdoor experiences to minorities in Alaska now while I think it should be remain I think you know obviously equitability and and keeping those things as low as possible is important I don't know as we should be expending government dollars to pay for people to go do these things do you
4: Well, I think it somehow, some way should be made more affordable right. for people to be able to do those things. I mean, the government pays for all kinds of other stuff, and I'm, I'm not, um, for me, it's not the equity thing. It's the, um, it's more of, you know, what the family makes, the income. Well, I don't want it strictly being something that's for a minority group. I want it to be something that's for people who might be in a lower income racket.
3: Right, right. Be able
4: to go into the park.
3: Well, and I want them to be able to do that, too. Here's what she says. This is Garen Tarr. She says, HCR4 reflects a nationwide desire to establish specific government initiatives to ensure that our public outdoor rec spaces are accessible affordable and safe for all alaskans regardless of their backgrounds or income levels. Okay, I mean I I can agree with that in in part. However, despite an increasingly diverse population, minorities are still underrepresented in national forest visitation statistics. Well, and and it, I think it's it's hubris on my part that's her saying that. And I think I'll add that I think it's hubris on her part To think that because minorities are underrepresented in national forest visitation statistics, it may not always mean because they can't afford it. It may mean they just don't have the interest in it. Uh, She goes on to say that, well, it's not due to inherent disinterest, but it's disparities such as information distribution, perception of safety and affordability. She believes minorities cannot afford kayaks, skis and tents, for instance, not to mention fat tire bikes. Okay, so does that mean that we're supposed to buy all these things for minorities and low-income people? We're supposed to buy kayaks and skis and tents and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, I, again, I, I'm i all about that. I'm all about people having access. I mean, I've never visited a national park. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I have I can camp anywhere, personally. Um, I've never visited a national park, not even Denali, I've, other than driving through it on the highway. I've never been into the park itself. Uh, I just never really had an interest in that. Uh, Does that mean that they should cater to me even though I don't have an interest? I don't know. Again, it feels more like we're creating more government services when instead maybe we should just get out of the way. And if people want to go participate and do those things, you know, we should create as few barriers as possible instead of creating more government entities to try and figure out how to do all these things.
4: Well, I kind of agree with you on that, but I also say that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of greed going on with the uh, the bigger companies that have the concessions and stuff like that. And like I said, I dispatched for seven years out of Isleson and every year the price went up and up and up, you know, and I just felt like they were making it so that low income families couldn't afford to come in and it's just supposed to be for everybody. Well, And I would like to see somehow, some way a change made with that. I mean, maybe those those companies themselves can uh, base the cost of a ticket or whatever on what the family income might be.
3: Can I propose an alternate theory to that? Can I propose an alternate theory to that, uh, Murph? I think that it may be not that they're trying to keep out the lower income people, but that they're trying to control the people in general. The idea of increasing the cost means that less people go into these national parks because they need to be kept pristine, and we should control the flow of people. Even these these are all owned together, and, you know, why are we being charged for them? They're supposed to be for everybody. But now, oh, no, so what we need to do is to control the flow of people and make sure that these areas are pristine and kept under glass, we need to increase the cost so that maybe fewer people will go. That's my alternate theory on that versus they're trying to shut out people who don't have the money for it. Quickly now, I'm almost out of time.
4: Well, actually, um, I watched them take uh, buses from the ones that would go all the way out to Isleson or Wonder Lake, take those bus routes and give them to the tour buses that would charge like over $100 for the tours compared to, you know, $30 to go to and you know, so they were after making the money off of the tourists that would take the the bus that had the uh, the tour driver that was given a, a specialized talk and stuff like that. And I watched them do that. I watched them take the buses from the people that would be able to go in and hike around on the park and stuff because they were going after the money. Right. That's what it was all about.
3: Well, you could be right. So, you, you were there. Anyway, I'll uh, listen. I, yeah, you were there. I wasn't. So maybe you're right. Um, we'll, uh, we'll continue that discussion though. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you coming on board, Murph. Folks, we got to go, uh, out of time for this segment, more phone calls on the other side. We'll, uh, we can continue to talk about this or any other topic you want to bring up. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based, free thinking radio.
0: It's the Michael Dukes show. Bum, 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 bum. Why not take a quick break? back streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook live and michael dukes show.com
3: all right we're in the break right now um continuing on I will say and I and I apologize this morning I saw a couple of people made comments that like oh you wanna the problem <clears throat> I was uh I started the stream this morning and for some reason Facebook wouldn't pick up the stream so I had to restart it Um I saw a couple comments from YouTube, and then uh, I. But then I realized that Facebook wasn't picking it up, so I had to restart it all. Luckily, we got everything back up, and it's all good. And we're now uh, simulcasting again off all three uh, streams. So, and I know Chris caught today that today is the third, not the second, because I forgot to change the date in the title of the stream. That's my bad. My bad, man. I, I I missed it. My bad. So thank you for catching that. Um, <clears throat> but this is what happens when uh, you give me too much time on my hands. Uh, all right. What else is going on? Watching Brandon buy half a million barrels from Russia daily still. Yeah, no, that's uh, something I want to talk about. Um, that's what I want to talk about. I do want to talk about that here a little bit later this morning. Uh, Chris says there should be a law. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what Murph was alluding to that, you know, oh, we need it to be equitable. We need it to be – and I'm all for equitability, and I don't know – I'm not familiar enough with the Park Service and how things work for people to do it, but just on the face of it, again, the whole argument here is that, you know, she that there's this disparity that, that you know, minorities are underrepresented in national forest, you know, forest visitations – and I would say maybe because they just don't, you know, maybe they're interested in passing, but they're not interested enough in saving up enough money to get the gear to go out and do it. She said she believes minorities cannot afford kayak, skis, and tents, for instance, not to mention fat tire bikes. So what does that mean? That means we should be creating a, a, a committee or an office that, that does that, that, that provides those things for people? I mean, let's face it. You can buy a tent for a hundred bucks, and uh, you know everything else you'd need for camping is. It's you know, you could do it on the cheap. It doesn't have. I mean, you hell, you don't even need a tent. You can go buy a tarp and and uh, you know. I mean, I've camped rough a few times especially when I was younger and I still enjoyed that. I don't I don't enjoy going out and doing a bunch of camping anymore because I quite honestly I don't have a whole lot of time and on the weekends I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to go set up a bunch of stuff, relax for half a day and then tear everything back down and go back to work. I just I don't have the time. It's just not something that interests me as much and I know that my wife is not a huge fan. She she's camped, she loves she camped when she was young and we did camping when we were uh, newly married and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is is that, you know, her idea of camping these days is a three-star hotel, right? I mean, that's that's just, and I know if she's not happy, then I'm, you know, I'm not happy. And so it, it, it doesn't bother me that much. But I don't know if we need to create a whole new government entity to kind of watch over this stuff and create and provide kayaks and skis and tents and everything else. I mean, life is life is is inequitable right life is not fair and to demand that somehow we get this equity of outcome when that's not necessarily how the world is supposed to work is it's uh it's just kind of one of those things where it makes me shake my head let's i just i'll just put it that way i'll just put it that way and i agree with terry why are we even charging to get into our parks They're for everyone David goes on to say, if you pay for something with your own money that you work for and earn, you tend to take care of it. Yes, that's exactly it, too. I mean, if we give them all these kayaks and tents and skis and, I mean, I just don't know. Um, The question always is, how do you separate the litter bugs from the pack out your trash people? Well, I don't know. Do you send people, you know, you send people in after each group to make them pop? I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, If you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. You can rent a cabin for forty to fifty bucks, says Marty. Blanket on the ground with a fishing pole. Join the army; they'll teach you how to survive in camp. Uh, If you want it bad enough, you can work and save for it. The illusion is you you lost money. We don't need our government stealing our money in the name of philanthropy. Camping is a hotel with no room service, says Gail. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show, hour one of the big radio broadcast as we kick things around here. All four lines or five lines or six lines, however many lines I have. I think I saw six on there the other day Um, are open. So if you want to call in and sound off and steer the conversation, feel free to do so. We were just talking to Murph about the uh, Garantar's outdoor equity bill. And I guess here's here's my main problem with it. You are trying to ascribe an interest in a certain thing based strictly on skin color. Because she's talking about minorities here, right? And by creating some kind of new office, the Office of Outdoor Equity, that would somehow make it more equal. And uh, she believes that minorities cannot afford kayak, skis, tents, for instance, not to mention fat tire bikes. So, I mean, I guess the question is, do we need to, you know, do we need to create and provide those things for people? I mean, I've been camping plenty of times with less gear than any of that. I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I just, I find it impossible to believe that we need more government agencies to promote equ- life is inherently unfair and inequitable that's just kind of life and we keep hearing about this equity outcome kind of stuff where every the equity the equal it's not an equal opportunity it's equal outcome and and i think that is part of the problem so while i agree with uh what uh, murph was saying is that you know it should be uh, the costs for these kind of things, especially going into national parks and everything else, should be as low as possible. I don't know as this is going. First of all, it's a state office; they have no control over national parks, and most of the state parks are and state camping grounds and everything like that is pretty cheap. So I don't know exactly what she would be looking to do by creating this new office and all this other kind of stuff, but. This equity office, this how office of outdoor equity. Uh, it's more bureaucracy. That's uh, that's what it is. Uh, Ken asks in the chat room, and this is something I ask myself all the time when I see comments like this, where she said she believes minorities can't afford kayaks, skis, and tents. Uh, Ken says, "How racist is it to assume that you can't afford things because of your skin color?" I mean, to me, that's the kind of the hubris we see all the time. Well, they couldn't possibly. Uh, you know, they couldn't possibly make their way to the DMV and get an ID to be able to vote. They couldn't possibly be able to afford to go out and buy these things, uh, for themselves based on their skin color. They couldn't possibly be. I mean, how demeaning is that? How, uh, again, how arrogant, Hey, I think your privilege is showing. I'm just, I just, you know, Oh man, all right, um, I, I still want to talk about the new $1,300 uh, relief check. This is kind of the about face we saw in the house. So I got these two stories that I do want to talk about, but we do have to go back to the phones here and see what you guys have to say, so we'll go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are they calling from?
6: Good morning, Michael. This is Bert, better known as Politic, and I'm out of Big Lake. How hey, are you doing this morning?
3: Good morning, my friend. How are things going for you? Oh,
6: exciting. Extremely well until I opened up my Facebook page and I see bright right up, very first one in line, Bryce Edgeman toting the corrupt House coalition binding caucuses solution to our problems here in Alaska and offering us a $1,300 check.
3: Oh, you like that,
6: I, huh? I, I the, yeah. Oh, man, that was just like well,
3: before you get before you get wound up before you get wound up, Bert, let me just tell you what caught my eye. So on the twenty eighth, which is what, Monday, so just three days ago, James Brooks puts out an article saying, expecting an influx of oil money, Alaska lawmakers say they're interested in saving for later. And it goes on and on about how they couldn't possibly pay a permanent fund, how they couldn't possibly do all this stuff because they need to save this money for later. That's the thrust of the whole article. And yet three days later, they come forward with this $1,300 energy relief check. Uh, which is exactly what the governor had asked for in paying out this uh, either a bonus or the second half of the PFD. And now they're going to try and swoop in and be like, oh, look at us. We're all, you know, we're going to save you, but this way we're going to make it a relief check. So we can't tack it to the PFD. So you can't go back and say, hey, that was part of our PFD. I mean, it's just so astonishing to me.
6: Well, especially knowing that I sat through the revenue department's little speeches that they gave to the committees and listening to how much revenue that they received this year, that is far exceeds anything that they had ever planned for the budget. They don't even need their POMB law this year that it pointless. They have a surplus sitting there Right. and they can't pay statutory PFD. Now they want to give us a bonus check. Um, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous thinking that we have any legit bureaucracy going in, in on in Juneau. I mean we gotta relabel the uh the F J B logo to be F Juno bureaucracy. Um it, it just it's a never ending cycle of listening to them toter to the totter to give the special interest everything that they ever wildest, wettest dreams, and then tell the rest of us Alaskans bend over, you guys just are not worthy enough to receive the money that rightfully belongs to you.
3: Right. Exactly. I mean, look at this is all this is all part of it, right? I mean, this thirteen hundred dollar deal. I mean, it's a bribe. It's more than anything else. They're trying to again uh, slide this out from underneath the governor. You know, not giving him, uh, not giving him any, uh, uh, you know, any kind of uh, uh, ammunition or praise or any kind of win. At the same time, decoupling it from the PFD to say it's just a one time deal, and at the same time trying to again bolster all their all their constituents. Uh, by having by being able to avoid the full PFD debate by saying, well, look, we're we're gifting you this, we're gifting you this uh, thirteen hundred dollars on top of it,
6: and then then you got to add on to it. Here today, tomorrow, and Saturday, we've got the uh, Alaska House Finance. They're going to be taking their testimonies from us Alaskans about the budget and the mental health budget, and I'm going through what the Policy Forum Group put out here and I'm seeing that the early education and development is getting $1.38 billion in this currently new budget Uh that they have. Uh That's a budget increase. If they were to follow the actual SBA law, student-based allocation, shouldn't they be doing a 10% reduction to that budget? I mean, there's 10% less students going to school right now. Why are we not seeing actual them uh, another blatant showing of them can't follow the laws?
3: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. They can't follow the law, so I mean, it, it, this whole thing is uh, is just again more of a of a smoke and mirrors end game. I mean that they're getting very nervous. Mike Shower posted uh, to his Facebook uh, yesterday uh, or late last night uh, about this and said, you know, don't be fooled. This is apparently. Uh, There's a lot of of, uh, legislators out there who are very worried about their election chances come November. So this is how they cooked up this whole giveaway on everything else. And it's the same kind of thing. I mean, that's exactly what this is. This is just a giveaway to try and essentially buy votes. We've been fighting for a statutory PFD for years. They ignore that. But instead, oh, they'll give this money as a one-time bonus. You should be grateful. Don't you know that, Bert? You should be grateful that that's what's going
5: on.
6: Uh, I, I, oh, man, my, my gratefulness is overflowing. It's just <laughs> it's so appreciative that how much they want to keep stealing from us to give us back the money that they've stolen and say that they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart because of Joe Brandon's policies. Oh, the just fi- like releasing 60 million of our reserves and saying, here, this is going to lower your gas prices at the pump your energy costs yeah but then overnight i watched our gas prices jump 30 cents
3: yeah no hey don't worry man you should be grateful you should not be so greedy bird the
1: greed and the entitlement is astounding to me
3: you should just stop being greedy that's what i'm saying just stop being greedy and just take what they give you and be happy about it bird i gotta go thank you so much for calling in i appreciate you being part of it today Uh, keep up the good work out there let's go over here we got time for maybe one more call before the break good morning who's this where are you calling from
6: good morning michael this is ron in north pole hello my friend if i may be slightly slightly facetious for a moment (laughs) if you follow representatives tar tar's premise we may as well do what they did in willow some years back and blacktop the whole thing
3: just blacktop everything and (laughs) That's it. We should just we'll make it even. It'll oh, but, but be a, it'll be a flat, even, ruler straight piece of pavement from one end of the state to the other. Everybody can camp equally.
6: And uh, I, I would also uh, <laughs> point out that uh, camping has uh, many definitions, uh, and uh, certainly mine and yours are differ substantially, but. Uh, uh, and I've had all sorts of experiences from tents all the way to class A's. And uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder.
3: Yeah, exactly. How much work you want to do and whether you find the work enjoyable or a chore, that's exactly what it's That's exactly what it's about. All right, Ron. Well, thank you, my friend. For all right, I'll cut you loose, man. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, we're going to squeeze one more call in here uh, because we can. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: Hey, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Hey, Jeff. This is where the sharks come out, <laughs> where we see everybody's real real faces. They take the mask off, the fins come up, and they surface. So this is what's going on, and that's what's going to go on till the, till the election. All this funky stuff, it's just, uh, just what they do. So get used to it. That's all I can say. Get, <laughs> yeah, get used to it. But Business there's plenty of room usual. to cut budgets, and, you know, I think... I think it's, it's like I said way back, you know, if we could just make it so that everything that went through the House and the Senate was 10 pages, nothing attached, then you could see all the crap that goes through, and most politicians would quit because they couldn't steal anything because then you can really see it, and uh, so that's too good of an idea, they wouldn't go along with that, but uh, boy, they, you know, two things you can always get done, they get a raise and make more money. you know (laughs) all right those you can count on my friend
3: (laughs) exactly all right Jeff well thank you so much uh, calling up from uh, my adopted hometown down there in Homer I appreciate you being part of it today all right that brings us up to the next break we'll leave the phone lines open I'm going to sound off a little bit on these two uh, articles here real quick on the other side we'll talk about that Uh, Charlie Pierce is going to be joining us In Hour 2, he's going to be making an announcement on Saturday that, according to insiders, will shake the political landscape in Alaska. His announcement of his running mate. We're going to get some teases on that here in just a bit. We'll talk about that and more. The Michael Duke Show continues. Your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukeshow.com.
3: In the break right now, uh, la 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 la. Uh, what else is going on? Palin-esque energy rebate. Yeah. Um this is a little different because remember during uh, during the uh, uh, remember during the uh, uh, reign of Sarah Palin when she was at the governor and they had that energy rebate, we also got our full PFD. We also got, I mean we were all squared away. We also got our full PFD on top of everything else. So this is a little bit different. This is kind of a bait and switch. This is we don't really want to talk about the PFD. And so here's some money to make you shut up and not pay attention to that debate. Here's a little bit of money there. I mean, we could put all this into just a full PFD, but instead we're going to carve it out and call it an energy rebate. And aren't you grateful to us for that? <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. I'm sure we're just totally grateful to you now that you're doing that. Um, Brian says... Uh, Sarah and Charlie. I doubt that. I I doubt that quite honestly. But we'll see. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Jimmy says that year he was able to put enough down to buy a house. Uh, Brian said uh, he used it to get a new snow machine. That was the year I paid off the second note on my house. I paid. I had a balloon. I had a balloon payment. I had a self. I had a, a owner finance mortgage thing and i i made a big balloon payment to the owners and got that all paid up. Ah, uh, Okay. Um going back over here. Um legislature can someone tell me if Garantar really has an equity Garantar doesn't have an equity office. She is proposing creating a new office of outdoor equity. That's what she's proposing this morning. Uh, they will never give the governor or conservative caucus a win and they will never give a distribution tied to the permanent fund because they had worked so hard to separate the PFD from the earnings of the permanent fund. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the whole point. Uh, we, that's the whole point for sure. Right there. Um, seems to be plenty of poor gathering free hooligan and free salmon for outdoors. Steal candy from kids, folks are on the stump. Um, Let's see, I'm going through all that. Let's go, Stedman. (laughs) Let's go, Stedman. Uh, I can't, I mean, I can't believe that, I can't believe Bill just said, let's go, Stedman, says Bill.
5: That was just BS.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Chris says, sorry I'm late, I closed down American Legion Post 20 last night. Oof. Oof. Um, all right, I'm going backwards here. Um, did they get the cell phones for everybody? Yeah. I mean, that's the other question. Did they get cell phones for everybody out there? I mean, <clears throat> if they're already minorities and already receiving government assistance, I mean, they've got the cell phones and the internet and the cable TV and the food and everything else. I mean, shouldn't they be worried about, you know? Putting together things for their – I don't know. I just – I can't even <sighs> – makes my head hurt. Makes my head hurt. And then somebody else said uh, that they worked in the park too. Was it Dwayne, I think, that said he worked in the park and that it's a money mill? Um, If you want to go camping, you can do it for very cheap. I mean, again, I've, I can't ever remember being, paying more than a few bucks just to go camping somewhere. But again, I've never really wanted to drive, you know, 150 miles into the park to go see things there for sure. But you know, who knows? Um, Ted Nugent, Brian says, I don't think Ted Nugent would be eligible for lieutenant governor. Um, let's see. I know one thing for sure: without the Michael Duke show, we would be a whole lot worse. Well, thank you, Robbie. That's awful. That's awful kind of you. Awful kind of you to do that. Uh, to say that. Uh, let's go over here. We're about a minute out. I got one line on hold. Let's figure out who that is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
7: Yeah, this is uh, Alan from Delta. Hello, Alan.
3: You hold the line, my friend. You will be first up in the queue in less than a minute. Don't go anywhere. Um, How much does Garantar weigh? We... Okay, so that's um, – I'm hiding that, Harold. Uh, that's just inappropriate, Harold. There's no reason for those kind of personal attacks. As a man of large stature, that's just kind of rude. You want to argue with somebody based on their principles and policies, that's one thing. But uh, that kind of attack, nobody needs that. Uh, tarp, 550 cord, fishing pole, and a lighter, 50 bucks. It may be 50 bucks. I can get a tarp and a fishing pole and a – well, maybe they're not the fishing pole. But I'm not a huge, I don't, I don't love fishing that much. But I can get a tarp and some 550 cord and, uh, and a lighter and some food, and for 50 bucks I could have a good weekend if that's what it came down to. All right. Like it, share. Like it, follow. Subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do this thing. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. okay welcome back to the program. Um, we got a couple lines on hold. Uh, Alan and Delta is first. Let's going over let's go over there first and see what he has to say to begin with and uh, we'll I want to get into these other stories. Good morning who's this or good morning Alan how are you what do you want to talk about this morning?
7: Well Alaskans don't be fooled. this is a vote bind ploy. And they will slap you in the face when it comes to election time with this.
3: Meaning they'll say, look at what we did. Meaning they'll say, look at what we did for you kind of thing.
7: (laughs) And another thing about her talking about the states, uh, uh, parks and whatever. Well, I tell you what. Right down here at Clearwater, it went up to launch a boat, $20. I think that's ridiculous for only using the boat launch for once or twice a year. Uh, I can see $5. They, they they went stupid at the state and they raised everything up. That's where they should start, right there. Lower the cost of that. Nobody uses that boat launch now because they raised it to 20 So that's all I have to say. Let's go, Brandon.
3: Okay, thanks, Alan. I appreciate you sounding off. Uh, We'll clear out this other line as well before I jump into the stories. Good morning. Who is this? Where are you calling from?
8: Randy in Fairbanks.
3: Good morning, Randy.
8: Uh, Just on the Ukraine-Russia thing, it's terrible how the Russians are invading an innocent country like that. But my thought is that um, uh, in their peace talks that they might, continue to have here. I think that Ukraine should agree and other European nations should agree that Ukraine should not join NATO. They should sign some kind of treaty, even though uh, I hate to see someone buckle under the, the demands of a brutal dictator like Putin. Um, but I think it's not unreasonable. And one example that comes to my mind is, you know, if California, for instance, became an independent country, and then later they decided, well, I think we'll just we'll join the Warsaw Pact. Not that the Warsaw Pact exists anymore, but, you know, something like the Warsaw Pact. I think it might make the United States uh, uncomfortable, and it might make, uh, you know, Oregon and Nevada and Arizona kind of uncomfortable and, and uh, unnerved, you know, if that was to happen. And so I think it's reasonable if uh, Ukraine does not join NATO and that they sign a piece of paper that says that, and that maybe some of the other European countries or NATO countries agree to that, um, because I sure would like to see this horrible war stop.
3: Well, I mean, look, there's an argument to be made that we should not have been stringing along the whole offer to join NATO. Like, you know, we, we could have said, no, we're not offering it to them, and it may have stopped this. But that the idea that somehow, uh, because they had the potential of joining NATO, that justifies the incursion into the Ukraine by Russia is... Uh, you know, I mean, that's a false, I mean, it's a false argument to begin with. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous because I mean, even if they had joined NATO, that would just mean that NATO was one step closer to their border, but it does, I mean, with no aggressive moves and jo- and NATO, that pact, by the way, is just a joint defense pact more than anything else. I know Russia sees it as more incursion, you know, incursions, and maybe they should have just said, we're really not offering you NATO membership. Well, now they've gone the whole other way. Now, of course, the EU was not even considering at the time admission of Ukraine into the EU. Now EU is already now Ukraine has filed their petition. They're going to be part of the EU. Uh, and the NATO thing may follow down the line. But, you know, I, I just think it whatever whatever happened does not justify the invasion of another sovereign country, no matter what, you know, no matter what people uh, think or say. What could have been done, what could have, would have, should have, it still doesn't justify the invasion of a foreign country.
8: Yeah, you're certainly right about that. It certainly does not justify I was pretty sad, too, to hear about that the world's largest cargo plane, the Antonov AN-225, which I consider like a friend of Fairbanks because it came and visited the international airport on several occasions, but it was a magnificent uh, creation, and I heard that it was destroyed or greatly damaged, <clears throat> and I was sad about that. The yeah. Russians were attacking a airport near Kiev, and somehow it got damaged. Yeah, in it the, got
3: killed. Came, it think. it got killed. It was in a hangar for repairs, and it got killed on the field during one of the bombing uh, or missile strikes. It it struck the hangar and burned the hangar down around the plane, so the plane is no more. That is that is the truth. You are a hundred percent right on that. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate your call. Um, Man, I want to get to these stories, but we are I guess we'll just keep taking calls, because that's how we're rolling this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
9: Hey, Michael, it's Paul Fairbanks. How you doing?
3: Good, sir. What's on your mind?
9: I just wanted to comment on two things. Uh, I didn't catch the morning show. I had no reception when I was running for town. Uh, yesterday, or the last couple of days, we were talking about a, a constitutional convention here in the state. Yes. I think we I think we better be real leery of that because you've seen what the outside forces did with the rank choice and with all the voting crap. Yes. If we open up that if we open up that Constitution, look out, eighty bar of the door. I just think you're you're playing with fire on that one. Any other quick comment? The uh, BFD. It's obvious that the state intends to shaft us for that. They have been for the last five years. Uh, everybody should imagine where they'd be if they, I mean, if they were making their payouts in 99 when the vote came up. But everybody should think where they'd be if they took that 20 grand and invested it however they like, metals, market. Think about where you'd be personally if you would have took that money and invested it personally then. And it's obvious today, they have no intention of giving that up, and eventually they'll be into the corpus. Right. uh, Can that go to a referendum again? Can that be forced into a referendum to dissolve it and give everybody their payout currently?
3: Uh, It could. It would require uh, legislation and probably some kind of constitutional vote uh, to do that if you wanted to dissolve the whole thing. Uh, it's been discussed and talked about in the past, but uh, it would also of course uh, you I, I don't think it you would have the political way forward on it because it would dissolve the mechanism by which government currently funds itself. Uh, so although I think you're right, it's probably a good idea um, and and could be something that could be looked at. I don't think it has a chance of actually working uh, on that bull but uh, so and I and I share your what's fears
9: right now. Randy?
3: I'm sorry.
9: What's in that right now? Around eighty billion.
3: Yeah, around eighty billion dollars between the corpus and the earnings reserve.
9: And you think the state could resist getting, say, half of that forty billion in their pocket to play with immediately?
3: Oh, I don't know. They—they they probably, you know, I guess it would depend on how you have structured the breakdown of the payout of it. Um, they may or may not be interested, but you got to look at it from their perspective, bull. For them, it wouldn't be getting $40 million, It would be losing the other $40, million, uh, 40 billion. They would be very upset about that. I mean, they sure, they'd love to have $40 billion of half of it, but they feel like they would be losing the other $40 billion, and they just couldn't let that money out of their hands. I guarantee you on that. Bull, thank you for your call this morning. I appreciate it. Um, I'm uh, running out of time here, and uh, i got to remind you about one of our sponsors, the Bivvy Stick. Yeah, it's got it's over here in my coat pocket. I don't have it right. It's over there, but the bivy stick is this little tiny device that turns any smartphone into a satellite communications device. They call it a short burst data SBD, silent but deadly. The short burst data device. Uh, it's about half the size of your cell phone, four inches by two inches or so, and you just tether it to your phone with Bluetooth. You download the app from the app store. And you connect with it, and all of a sudden, you can send text messages. You can send emails. You can uh, check weather. You could check the mapping situation and the and the terrain of where you're at. You can drop a pin down on the map to tell people where you are. It's got little buttons on it. One for like check in, like hey, I'm okay. So if you're out hunting and you know your spouse or your significant other is worrying about you, you can push the button and say, hey, I'm okay. Here's where I am. If you uh, fall and trip down the stairs and you can't get up, uh, you know, somebody just said Mike Schauer must use one of these on the floor of the uh, of the Senate. Maybe he's fallen and he can't get up and he's surrounded by enemies. You could push the little red button that says, help me, I'm falling and I can't get up and I'm surrounded by enemies. And here's where I'm at. That's the beauty of this little thing. Five continuous days of battery usage and a retail price of $199. It just doesn't get any better than that or any easier. Go out and check it out. Get yourself a bivvy stick today. You can find him at Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, South Central Radar on the Spit in Homer, Safe and Sound in Wasilla, Anchorage or Sledotna, Radar Alaska and Kodiak, Communications North in Seward, and Lundy Marine in Dutch Harbor. Folks, we are out of time for Hour 1. Charlie Pierce coming up, Hour 2, The Michael Duke Show. Oh, okay. What else has we got going on here? If the state is getting greedy by mismanaging our finances, Department of the Interior was sued by Indians because of mismanagement and there was a settlement. Uh, That's an interesting parallel. I'd never considered that. Um, Sean? Let's see. Um, the sheep are going to walk into the booth and get their first peek at the ranked choice ballot vote and go, what? Yeah. No, I agree with that, Dwayne. I think even with the state, the state saying that they've got to step up their education component and everything else. But I think even even with that, many people are going to walk in because people just don't pay attention. They're going to walk into the booth and they're going to go, what is this? I don't understand. Um, I I just don't understand. Uh, on YouTube, Kenneth said, wh- "Wait a second. Um, Ukraine is not the innocent party. We should not be picking sides." I don't know how Ukraine is not the innocent party. I mean, there are Ukraines and Ukrainians that are obviously bad, and I'm not saying the government was um, was the the role model for you know democratic uh, free free market stuff, but they were not, I mean, they weren't as bad as Russia, obviously, but I don't know how you couldn't say that they was, that that they're not an innocent party in this thing. And then I said, civilians are being killed. And she said, what if those civilians were child traffickers? Well, what if those, what if those civilians were Satanists? What if they were all pedophiles? I again, I don't think you can justify, that's a ridiculous comment. I don't think you could justify uh, the killing of all those civilians by saying some of them were evil. Okay. Yeah, it's possible some of them were evil. That still doesn't justify their killing by a foreign government invading on the soil, Genie, I mean, I just, I, I, the what? Kenneth on YouTube says, women and children are being killed. Your comment is ridiculous. I mean, exactly. To me, that just doesn't seem to be, uh, yeah, the, uh, No. Sorry, no. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Yes, there may be some evil people on the ground, uh, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't that doesn't justify Russia going in there and killing them all. You know, killing everybody because there may be a few bad people in there. I mean, that's just the that's the that's the whole gun control and and anti-liberty argument in a nutshell we have to take this right away because some people can't be trusted um anyway uh let's see i am looking here through anything else um Exactly. Ukraine was invaded, not the other way around. We got evil here. You want to get invaded? Yeah, we've got bad people here. We got child traffickers and pedophiles here. Should we just allow somebody to invade us and start killing our civilians because there are a few bad people amongst us? That's, I don't understand that comment, I guess. I guess I, I just don't understand it. Uh, I also don't understand the people who are glorifying Putin as if he's some kind of defender of the faith. Well, you know, he won't put up with this or won't put up with that. Well, of course he won't. He's an authoritarian. Have you looked what it's like to live in Russia lately? I'm just wondering. It's not the end of the, it's not the, you know, uh, it's not the, uh, well, Russia's standing against the new world order and blah, 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 blah. Russia is an authoritarian regime. They tell you what to listen to, what to think. You know, they won't allow people. You can't go and proselytize and share your faith outside of a building without a permit. And if you do, you can be arrested. You can't protest. I mean, all those peaceful protests out there protesting the war, they've arrested something like 6,000 people already. And they didn't do it gently. I mean, this is. <laughs> this, I mean, what if. Uh, yeah, it's. ooh man. Um, Okay. Anyway, we are uh, we're going to continue that. But Charlie Pierce is on the line with us, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Let's check in on the uh, let's check in on the uh, on the green room there and uh, see what's going on. Are you there, sir?
10: Yes, sir. I'm here. I'm having your virtual coffee and donuts.
3: That's what you need to do. Those donuts are delicious. They are. Ju- ju- again, chocolate crullers are mine. Don't touch those. I will hurt I you. I
10: haven't had a donut in a long.
3: Well, you're a better man than I am. I had one just last week, so I don't, you know, hey, look, I, and it was not virtual. It had a hundred percent of the calories that God made it with. So, you know, All all the gluten, all the sugar, all the bad stuff that I needed all in one spot. All right. Well, hold the line, Charlie. We're going to be right back to you here and we will, uh, we'll kick things off here, uh, in just a moment. Um, Charlie Pierce is going to be our guest and, uh. Alaska used to be part of Russia. They might want it back, says Sean. Don't don't joke. That was the justification for the invasion of Crimea, if you remember that. I mean, really? Seriously? Now, I mean, we paid for Alaska, right? I mean, the United States paid for Alaska, but that's not to then say, well, we we had the thing, the... <laughs> I mean, hello. Hello. Um... Uh, let's see. And see we don't say. All right. Um, I'm just scrolling through some of the comments in here. Some of them are more, more ridiculous than others. Ukraine is a pawn. Go back to the foreign policy with respect to the Obama era. Yeah, no, I'm, I, again, there's a lot of history between Ukraine and Russia. Don't get me wrong. And there's a lot of, a uh, lot of history of that stuff. But don't forget, they also suffered under the boot of the Soviet Union And they remember some of those things. There's still some people there who remember some of those things. And uh, I don't think they want to go back to that. That's the whole point. All right. Well, enough of that. Let's uh, dive back into state stuff. Charlie Pierce is our guest. Up next, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: the Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
3: That's right, streaming live across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is The Michael Duke Show. Thank you for coming in and joining us. Hour two of the big radio broadcast. We've been doing a little open line, open form action. That's been a little fun this morning, enjoying that. Uh, we may pick up that uh, later in the hour, but right now we are joined... This morning by our friend Mayor Charlie Pierce, who, as you know, is uh, running for governor of the state of Alaska. Now, it came out on another radio show here earlier this week that he was going to be making a big announcement and uh, that it was going to, and I quote from, uh, from uh, Must Read Alaska, shake the political landscape of Alaska, the selection of Charlie's running mate. So we're going to get some teases here. I mean, we'd love for Charlie to announce today what it is, but we don't want to steal his thunder. So we're going to find out what's going on. Charlie Pierce joins us this morning for discussions and more. Good morning, sir. How are you?
10: So uh, good morning, Michael. Thank you for um, inviting me on this morning.
3: Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. Well, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little curious. So, I mean, you don't, okay. I'm not asking you to give anything away, but uh uh, shake the political landscape. I mean, is that an accurate quote? Do you want to comment on that? What What's going uh, on? You know,
10: I I, I hope I can uh, fulfill and live up to those comments because, um, you know, as governor, as your governor, I will uh, certainly uh, try to uh, make things better, uh, be more response, be a more responsive government, and and uh, but I will tell you that at five o'clock. On this uh, this coming Saturday evening at Paradoso's in Kenai, Uh, I hope the room is packed with folks that are interested in uh, seeing a a the next leadership team for the state of Alaska. Uh, We're going to introduce an individual that I believe um, uh, will bring. I I mean, I mean, they say that uh, there was a lot of thought and heart that went into the decision and and bringing this individual to the. getting this individual to offer her, uh, their services, um, clearly uh, Alaska needs leadership now more than ever. And I believe um, this individual partnering with me will bring good results and um, uh, responsive government to Alaska.
3: Now, this is a little bit of a change because historically, governors and lieutenant governors have run separately. Uh, but with the new ballot measure number two and all that stuff, uh, rank choice voting and the jungle primary, uh, part of the stuff that was buried down in there was that governors and lieutenant governors had to run together as a package. How did you start that process? I mean, when you start looking at this, and there's a lot of politics, and I don't want people's eyes to glaze over, but, you know, when you look at a candidate uh, for governor, then you have to look at a candidate for lieutenant governor. you got to realize that it may not make the most sense that if one's a, an uber conservative, maybe one then should be more of a moderate or vice versa because you're trying to reach into different pools and everything. Let, go through the, uh, uh, go, let's go through the process of, you know, what does that look like as you start thinking about those things?
10: Well, first and foremost, I'd say I did not vote for ranked choice voting. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I haven't met anybody that voted for it. I don't know how it passed. And, uh, we'll just let everybody wonder about that. And, um, but I would say that, um, traditionally, as you've mentioned, we, we would always uh, as individuals be allowed to pick our Lieutenant governor, as well as our governor. And I respect that process and wish that uh, today we were doing that very thing. Um, but that said, the system is what it is. And, um, and I'm in this race today because I trust myself more than I do the others that are running, and uh, and I try to be very, very thoughtful. The process that you go through, you have to be thinking about what would uh, Alaskans want, and uh, it's difficult. It's a, it's a difficult process. It really is uh, difficult. You know, I think uh, um, it, it, it's time-consuming, and uh, it's taken pretty much. Uh, it's you know you haven't heard a whole lot from me yet because I've been searching for my uh, partner, and uh, it's been a it's been a long and arduous uh, process. And and again, I was very careful, very very careful in in the selection process and and being thoughtful of Alaskans and and thinking as to what would they want, what would they prefer. And who would they support? And uh, I believe uh, we've accomplished the uh, the means that Alaska will be uh, in uh, good shape. Uh, we're putting. I I think we've got an awesome team. Uh, again, I mentioned I trust myself. Uh, I trust this individual, and I think you will too.
3: Well, and this comment about shaking the political landscape, I'm, I'm racking my brain a little bit here to see what would shake up the, you know, because we've seen that we've already seen the candidates that have been put forward uh, by Walker and uh, Dro- uh, uh, Walker and uh, uh Chris Kirka has announced his uh, his running mate as well. Um, so I'm just wondering, I, I don't again, I don't want you to I'm not asking you to give anything away, but. Shaking the political landscape in Alaska is a pretty bold comment, I guess. I would say.
10: Well, I have to say, I've qualified. Did not make that comment. Okay. No,
3: no, it was from a source. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just correct. saying. Uh, so, well, somebody on the campaign said this to Must Read, and maybe it's just a salacious thing for her to get more clicks. I don't know, but uh, I mean, is is it? Are, am I, I guess I'm what I'm asking. Is am I going to be surprised?
10: I hope you are. I hope you are, and I hope you. I hope when uh, when you hear that of this individual, and we introduce this individual to you, you'll you'll say, "Wow, there's balance there. There's balance. We're going to have balance. We're going to have leadership. We're going to have so, a team of individuals that can actually get something done, and that will actually come to work every day and work hard for Alaskans to actually accomplish some results." I hope that's what you see, because that's what I'm striving for. And putting my name in the the uh, race for governor. Uh, I'm tired of uh, the mediocrity and 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 the constant uh, waiting for something, uh, waiting for good results for us, Alaskans. We're we are last in so many categories oh, yeah. in America today, and 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 I'm tired of that. Yeah, uh, I, I could- love Alaska. I, could, and, uh,
3: I couldn't I agree couldn't agree more. Too. No, I could I couldn't agree more. We're always the last thought. I mean, any discussion, any talking point, especially when it comes to the the mainstays, the engine, the engine that drives the legislature which of course is finance committees from both the House and the Senate, you know, the 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 Alaskan people are always an afterthought. It's always government first. It's always, you know, they'll say, well, we are thinking about the Alaskan people because we're doing these agencies and these programs and these things and everything else. But it you start talking about direct impact on Alaskans with things like the PFD and monies in people's pockets and what they are actually owed by law. And then they're like, "Oh no, 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 no." No, we we know better than you. And, and so the Alaskan people become an afterthought when it's all when it's all said and done.
10: I I I you know, I agree with you. I think that uh, I'm tired of waiting. I'm an Alaskan too. Look, I have family. I have invest I've heavily invested in Alaska and my family's here. And I have children here and I have uh, my heart is here and I've worked hard. I I grew up here in Alaska, and I and I worked hard every day to accomplish end, the end results that we have today, the blessings that we have. And so many Alaskans have done that, too. And yet, you know, the legislature couldn't even bring it to themselves when we went. We were talking about giving you a, an energy credit now for $1,300. And where were they when the COVID events were taking place and all the businesses were closing? And why didn't they think that There would be a benefit of putting a little extra PFD money on the street.
3: Well, yeah, you're getting ahead of me because that was going to be my next comment. I mean, I want your thoughts on this because, again, we've been talking about a PFD and a full PFD for a long time. Then we talked about maybe a 50 50 PFD. So we still don't know what the PFD amount is going to be for this year. Last year it was 11 or 1200 bucks. And now they're offering another 1300, but they're not going to call it a PFD, they're going to call it an energy. Thing a rebate or whatever, I, you know. I mean, how much, how much does this stink to high heaven to you?
10: It's insulted, isn't it? Do you get a little insulted when you when you hear that? You know, I appreciate, I appreciate, I can see the goodness in it and the the the, the will to do good here. But I can also look back. It's hard for me not to be a hindsight kind of guy and look back and say, "Come on, um, you could have done something more when we were hurting." And where we're still hurting. You still got families out there that are that are, are, you know, working three jobs to pay the bills and and many are not even paying their bills and yet we don't seem to be concerned about our economy. Right. We don't worry about our economy. We worry about being able to pay the bills, right? And you know what I said? I've been saying this a long, long time. I wanted and I told Peter Michicki this a hundred times. We need to take the PFD away from you and all of the other leaders in the state. And have you balance the books with the revenue that you generate in this state. And you can use your portion of the PFD, but you're not going to come and get another twenty-five percent of my share of my PFD. Right. I've I've said that all along, and I've said, you know, then then you have to make real business decisions. Don't you have to make difficult decisions then? But for too long in Alaska, we've made the, the decisions have been so easy because there's been so much money Uh, that we could draw from. Well, now you've drawn all the money down to a point where we're in a critical position, and you're looking at us and you want another 25% of our PFD. Uh, You know, where does it start and where does it stop? What you need and what we need is a leader to go into the state and be willing to speak the truth to the people that we're going to have to balance our budget. And it means our revenue and our expenditures need to be in close proximity to those things. You can have some variables. There's swings. There's feast and famine in Alaska. Uh, There's so many things you could do. When I took over as mayor, the mayor that was leaving said, you know, you're not going to be able to cut anything. You're not going to be able to save any money here. There's just no way. We've tried. You know, there's a document that was on my desk. It was a seven-page study that they did, and they took a year and a half to do it. And they came up, listen to this, this is embarrassing. They came up with $300,000 worth of savings in this seven-page document that took them a year and a half to produce. I was embarrassed when I read it. I've I've saved $300,000 every day by saying no to a lot of things around that borough. And I'll do that as a governor, too. I know how to say no. I know how to be compassionate about it. I know how to bring people together to, to work hard together. It's going to take a lot of hard work and all Alaskans are going to have to work hard if we're going to bring this state and turn this state around and make something of it. We need to be first in education. We need to be first in uh, places to retire. We need to take care of our senior citizens. We need to take care of health care. And when we have a pandemic, we need to have a leader that's going to stand up and be a leader and say, you know, we're not going to shut down. No, you're not going to shut down the small businesses and the people that are trying to make a living in this state. We're going to have to find another way to sustain ourselves and get past this pandemic without, without affecting the livelihoods of our people.
3: Well, and, and I think this goes back to what you, I mean, what you said a few minutes earlier here, uh, when you were saying, well, you could see the good in some of these people are wanting to do good. And, and I think you're ascribing something, because I see nothing but political pandering. I don't see people wanting to do good. If they wanted to do good, they would focus on the PFD, get the statutory PFD paid, get that off the table, and focus on the rest of the government if they really wanted to do good. This is political pandering. That's what this is. This is yeah, a way not,
10: to... It is an election season.
3: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean it, it is if they were serious about it, they wouldn't call it an energy rebate. They'd pay it they'd pay it either as a as a back PFD or they'd say, We're gonna attach this and it's gonna be a PFD. We're not gonna call it an energy rebate. We're not gonna kind try and keep separating this stuff out. This is not I mean, I don't think this is people just trying to be nice and doing with their hearts. I think that this is all political maneuvering is what I think personally. And uh We'll get your take on this as we continue here in just a second. Mayor Charlie Pierce is our guest. Uh, We're going to continue to talk with him. I want to talk with him a little bit more about the session and, um, you know, the roadmap that we have out behind us. Because what it just sounded like and what somebody in the chat room just said is, so what he's saying is that he'll not back down on cutting funds. And uh, he says, after they come out with a recall, how will you feel kind of thing. And that's a roadmap that we've already seen. So we want to talk to uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce about that. Uh, again uh, with us here as a candidate for governor we're going to continue with him here in just a moment the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free-thinking radio we'll return with more and charlie pierce right after this don't go anywhere All right. We're in the break right now. Charlie Pierce is our guest. And so we're going to take some questions here out of the chat room for Charlie, since we want to kind of change gears a little bit, don't want to repeat ourselves uh, when we return to the radio. Um, uh, Let's say, uh, are you willing to be a one-term governor to make the changes that are needed, Charlie? I think that's a question that I've asked of other governors in the past, and they've all said yes. And then we've seen some differences happen down the road. But I want to get your take on this. I mean, because I think you're, I think Jim might be right. Some of these changes that may be needed to bring the state back on track may be unpopular. Are you willing to be one and done? Yes. That's it. There's no, no equivocation there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the thing. I've seen people say that, and then when they get there, they get all wishy-washy. Now, your track record says something a little different, and uh, and I'm glad to see that, but uh, I mean, I'm heartened. I'm heartened by what you've done in the Kenai Peninsula Borough, uh, because as you said, when you walked in, people said it just couldn't be done. No more cuts have been done. You've cut uh, what? A couple million bucks. I mean, you've 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 done some serious work as the mayor of the borough. There,
10: we. You know, I, I had a, a, an opponent that said that I was spending more than we were making, and that I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, and 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 yet you look at the budget today. We're putting the budgets together today, and. And I have two uh, models in front of me, and one of the models calls for a mill rate decrease. And so I'd ask any community in Alaska to show us your forecasts, and you show me a mayor in Alaska that can demonstrate through uh, what we've just gone through. uh, The pandemic lost $20 million in revenue. uh, Sales tax and property tax were down. And our sales tax and our property tax are up today to the point where uh, we've paid all of our bills. Oh, by the way, we, uh, we've we looked at our – I've done a lot of work to pay out of pocket on a lot of the uh, deferred maintenance. Deferred maintenance has been a priority of mine. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many places around Alaska that have looked at their, their maintenance list, and they haven't made it a priority. Why not? And then you get into such you, – you sink yourself. And uh, what I'd say is I've paid out-of-pocket for a lot of major, major maintenance in the last uh, four and a half years. I'm proud of that. Uh, my team is – got a great team of people that I work with every day, and, and I give the credit to them. They're smart. They work harder and, – and, and smarter, not harder. And, and we've uh, put a lot of technology to work to make a lot of efficiencies come about. And uh, here's where we're at, though. We've got two models I mentioned, and one of them calls for a mill rate decrease. Now, I'm not sure we're going to be able to make that. We're going to make sure we can pay all the bills and fund our schools and and, and making sure that we deliver services. But right now, uh, looking at revenue forecasts and uh, property tax, you know, property values are up 7% on the peninsula. There's been so many sales. You put a piece of property on the market here and it sells in a week, two weeks, it's gone. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to live. I, I told folks, you know, uh, but I broke the secret a long ago that we're open for business and it's a wonderful place. we got a great school district. I think they do good things. We need to do better. We definitely <laughs> need to strive to do better. And right. but there's a lot of things we do really well.
3: Well, I will say that you've, you've touched on my pet peeve, the deferred maintenance. I mean, the Fairbanks North Star Borough, <laughs> they had a quarter of a billion dollars in deferred maintenance. Um, Which is a way, which you want to talk about robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's when you take money that should be going to maintenance and you defer it and you spend it on some other pet project or program. A quarter of a billion dollars for a borough of 90,000 people. That makes no sense whatsoever. So I, I applaud you for that. Trouble. Yeah, no, they're, they're in trouble. Yeah, they're definitely, I mean, that's been a struggle. That was announced, what, four years ago, five years ago? And uh, and they still don't have a handle on it. So good for you for at least taking the bull by the horns on that and getting it done. Uh, we need, you know, we need more of that. We need more of that in this in this state at every level, not just the governor's level, not just the borough mayor's level, every level we should be doing that.
10: Uh so something. Quick. Something that I also want to mention that I did is is when the governor came in with his cuts, one of the things first things I did was I took all of those cuts and incorporated them into my budget. Yeah. And then if you'll recall, we passed our budget, and then the governor never followed through with those cuts. Right. So, But we were sitting in a position to where we could afford to...
3: You were uh, ready. Yeah, you were ready if it came down to it. I'm sorry Charlie, I got a quick uh, got to cut you off there. We're going to jump back into it. So, hold the line. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, we're back now. Charlie Pierce is our guest, uh, mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough and um, candidate for governor. We initially brought him on to talk about this announcement on Saturday. He's going to be announcing his running mate at uh, Pizza Paradiso in uh, Kenai starting at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, And uh, the word on the street, this is not from Charlie, but the word on the street and from the uh, must-read Alaska is that this is going to shake up the political landscape, and uh, which I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised at a shakeup. I'll never say no to that. Uh, but uh, we just got into talking about some other things, including the budgets and more. Charlie, uh, during the break, was just talking about some of the things that he did as mayor. Uh, when he got into office, he was told that there was just no possibility of making any more cuts, and yet he's continued to do so, uh, continue to bring the government back in line, continue to work on things like deferred maintenance and others. But I go back to the question that Jim had earlier, um, or no, maybe it wasn't Jim. It was Jimmy. Um, so, it, because, I mean, we're all, you know, and again, this is no imputation of you, Charlie, but we've heard it a million times from politicians. I'm going to do this, and they get elected on this, and then they do that when they get into office. It's something totally different. And so the question is, and what Jimmy was saying, so what Charlie is saying is he will not back down on cutting funds. And after they come out with a recall question mark, because we saw that Governor Dunleavy came out with a great budget in the first year. Yes, it was. I mean, it was it was tough. It was it was a heavy lift. No doubt about it. But we heard words like apocalyptic and draconian and the end of the world and dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, everything else. And then, of course, the recall effort came and we watched the governor fold up like a house of cards. Uh, come the next election cycle. So you're talking tough, and I, trust me, I admire that, and I like it. I like it a lot. But are you gonna? I mean, are you gonna stick to the guns? That's the question. If you do something like that in the first term, and you come out with a legitimate budget that matches the income and the outflow, and you get hammered, and they throw the recall in your face, and do all that, will you continue down the road that you've started to travel?
10: Yeah, I sent uh, our governor, uh, shortly after he was elected, I sent our governor a bag, and it was a red bag with a red bow on it, and it was full of red pins. And what I would ask our governor to do when he leaves office is to leave that bag of red pins for me, because I will need them. And I will tell you that if you don't know me, all you have to do is look at my track record. And then ask yourself whether, when I say no, whether I stand behind it. And uh, if I say that I'm going to do something, I truly try to give it the good old boy effort to make sure that we, I'm honorable. I'm an honorable person. Uh, I'm not going to make any grandiose promises or empty promises to you and tell you that I'll get you a full PFD. I'd never promise you a full PFD. For Pete's sakes. 21 and 11 is what you need, and and you don't have it, we haven't had it, right? And so what I'd say to you is, is that I will work very, very hard every day. I will listen to the voice of the people, all these committee hearings we have. And, you know, I think if you would listen to the hearings, I think the hearings, I wish the legislature would listen to the results of the people or produce the results that the people want. Because they've said it over and over and over. How many hearings do you have to have before you believe that they truly mean what they're saying?
3: But they know better than you, Charlie.
10: Right? You know what? That's the problem. Here's the difference you get with me. One of the things that I really, I, I probably dislike the most about being in government is that you're commonly called a politician. And I would tell you, I got into government to spar or to counter what the politicians were doing. I wanted to apply some reasonable business sense to the process. And I consider myself more of a business person than I do ever, than I ever, ever wanted to be uh, described or perceived as a politician in the mix, in the works, just another story, uh, same old story, just a different day. You know, I want to be honorable. I want to be honest with you. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I'll say things that uh, most people won't say, but I'll say them because they need to be said. And I uh, I live on the principles of um, try to make things better for tomorrow and make better, better for all. And again, I can't do it by myself. And if you want to recall me after I'm in office, you get after it. You get after your recall, because I'm not going to spend a day worrying about the recall. I'm going to spend every day in there doing what I was in, uh, elected to do. And I've done that as mayor. Right. And I remind people often, I was elected to do a job, and I'm doing that job for my constituents.
3: Well, you so, just and you just said something that might set you apart from your Republican counterparts. You said, I will not promise you a full PFD. Now, that does not mean, uh, I mean, does that mean that you don't support a statutory PFD? Or is it just you can't, um, it's not something you can promise? I mean, because, I, you know, there's a lot of... That could be read a lot of different ways, I guess is what I'm saying.
10: Uh, Well, let me me be real clear about it. We need a lawful PFD, and we have a law on the books right now. Unfortunately, we've got a governor that uh, created a situation where we had to have a judge tell the legislature that they appropriate, and because they appropriate, they can make any decision they want. And look what they've done. They've done exactly that. I disagree with that. I've said we want a lawful PFD, and I want a lawful PFD, and I'll strive and work hard every day for a lawful PFD. You don't like the law that's on the books today? What I would encourage every legislature to do is look at, look in the mirror. Go and look in the mirror and ask yourself whether you're following the law and whether laws mean anything to you. You took an oath of office to say you would follow the Constitution and the laws of the state of Alaska. You all took that oath. I will take it, too, and I will follow the laws, and I will encourage them to follow the laws, too. Attorney General as well. And yet, uh, yeah, I want a full PFD, too. I've said it before. Take the PFD off the table and make them make business decisions and live within your means. It's the only way we're going to get there. And and you know what? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt everyone. But you know what? Alaska will be a better place in the long haul if we make the tough decisions today to fix and write the model, fix the budget. Balance your budget with your revenues. There's no reason that, you know, the only reason we don't do that is, is because we we have a pipeline that's embarrassingly two-thirds empty. Well, it seems there's no urgency to fill that either. Right. And, and, and I scratched my head. You know, I had a friend uh wrote me yesterday, said he went to a, a resource conference somewhere in America, and there was only one person from Alaska at that conference. It's embarrassing. We're a natural resource extraction state. We're supposed to be out there learning about better ways and new ways, new technologies to extract our resources and develop our resources. And yet we had one individual from Alaska at that conference.
3: Why? Uh, Charlie Pierce is our guest, uh, mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough, candidate for governor. I know that uh, – and I, I, I won't use the word politician, I guess. I guess – I know candidates hate hate it when you come up to hypotheticals, but you just – you kind of laid some groundwork for me there talking about the bag of red pens that are there and the law that's on the books and everything else. So I guess this is the question. I mean, hypothetically, in the, in the what-if scenario, as a, as a candidate and as governor – uh, I mean, if they present you with a budget, if you present a budget that ha- pays a full statutory PFD because that's the law that's on the book, uh, and they start monkeying around with it and they come back with a budget that does not pay the statutory PFD and you've got that bag of red pens, do we start cutting things? Do we start slashing lines to the uh, to the amounts uh, that would pay that full PFD and then hold the line for... I don't know, a government shutdown to get this, to get, you know, if this PFD issue is not settled, I mean, what, what happens here?
10: Well, I think what's been missing in the, um, there was opportunity, there has been opportunities. I think you would agree. There has been opportunities where um, the leaders have worked hard to have enough support to sustain a veto and the governor did not act and could have acted acted in in a number of cases and where he chose not to and again it's back to the the pressure that's been placed upon our governor to um kind of toe the toe the line go with the status quo um right um, um, let's make sure that we don't uh, make anybody mad at you and uh I, I i can't tell you michael how badly i want to be the governor for for one term I just do I want to be the governor I want to make this state better I want to put us in a better position I've got some business skills and I've worked with some of the some of the best uh, uh, leaders uh, you know in my career Um, I've been preparing my whole life for this this challenge and and I would tell you um, that uh, I'm ready I'm ready to go in there and, and we're in a situation today in Alaska where we need leadership, we need a tough leader. We need a leader that's going to be compassionate, that's going to care about all Alaskans, and um, and make sure that um, uh, we make those tough decisions. And they're tough decisions to be made. But again, um, you can you can count on me, and I'm going to count on you. Right. And if you're in the legislature, I'm going to need the majority of you to work with me. My door is going to be open. Um, we're going to break bread together, and we're going to we're going to have a, a coffee and a coke together. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the problems, and we're going to come up with solutions for the betterment of all Alaskans. It's time. We need a leader that's willing to go in there and do the hard work, and not pander or not not uh, succumb to the the pressures of the the special interests and. And, you know, here's the deal. Here's what you get with me. And this is what I love about myself, because I don't owe you anything. As governor, if you elect me, what I owe you is a hard day's work and, and, a, and, a, and a willingness and a, to go in there and do my very best. And I'll make that commitment to you. I'll go in and work hard every day, early, late. I'll be there. And you know what? When the federal government goes in and starts impacting our oil leases and that, I won't take a week off and go to Palm Springs to decide whether I should or shouldn't file suit. I'll go into overtime, and so will the people that work with me. And the people that work there, if you're a state employee, what I'd say to you as your governor, you're going to love me. Because what you're going to get to do is you get to stay there and work hard every day. But what keeps you there is that you have to work as hard as I'm going to work. That's my commitment to you, and that's what you get with me. And then you know what? I'm not going to pander to you or try to uh, convince you to vote for me. Um, I'm going to ask for your vote. I'm going to earn it. I'm going to earn your vote. And uh, I think that's the way every uh, elected official should run their business and run their, their life. And, you know, certainly this commitment I'm making is having huge impacts on my family. They're making a commitment too. And they're also just as hopeful as I am and, um, wishing for better days for alaska Um, you you know we have a governor today that said alaskans have yet to see the best days of alaska and i'd asked you today four years later have you seen the best days of alaska under his leadership right i don't think so i don't think so no and i like mike Dunleavy. he's a very nice man i like him he's a nice man but you know what when you're a leader you step up during the tough times and you lead. And you even go against those people that uh, sometimes uh, you don't want to disappoint, but you you have to be able to make those tough decisions. And you know what? I always sleep good at night. I do. I do. I sleep good at night.
3: You've left me with a huge amount to unpack here in a very short period of time. So let me just say, I mean, you said your door is always open, but you're going to go down and break bread. I think the failing of the administration so far has been on communication, on not just leaving the door open and willing for them to come to him, but we need people who will go out to the legislature and say, here's where I'm at, to leave the office and go down a floor and talk to the people that need to be talked to. Um, I think we need somebody who's willing to take the veto uh, in the fear that even maybe the veto may be overridden, that you're not a politician for politician's sake to go back and say, well, look, I know I got over, you did it because it was the right thing, whether you get overridden or not. People want somebody who's genuine. They're tired of the pushwah, they're tired of the promises that are unfulfilled. And it is refreshing to see that kind of stuff come out here. Charlie, I've got about two minutes. I'm going to give you the floor for the final say here this morning.
10: So let me uh, let me just say that uh, I of course I can't win uh, I don't have the the cash account that the others have but I, I also don't believe that it takes money uh, to win a race like this I think that Alaskans will see me for who I am and they will vote for me because they uh, will uh, learn or grow to trust me and uh, that I and they'll know that I'm willing to uh, uh, listen to the voice of the people and, and to uh, be a, I will be a good governor. Um, I don't think that I'll, uh, disappoint many, but, uh, I'll be, I'll make those tough decisions. And so here's what you get. You know, I mentioned that I've been preparing my whole life for this and, and, uh, I had a mother that started school with me at a very young age to be a leader. She was a leader and, uh, and much of what I do today, I emulate her every day and, and, uh, I will say to you that I spent 39 years at NSTAR, and I was very successful there, too. And uh, I spent six years on the assembly. I've spent four and a half years as a mayor. And so when you look at the my opponents and you look at the experience of those individuals and you compare it to the to the, my own experience, and, and I want you to just think about um, the responsibilities that I've had in my lifetime and the requirements of producing every day in order to stay someplace. I worked for a company, a for-profit company, for 39 years, and I didn't get to stay there every day because I wasn't producing. Right. Uh, I want you to know that I'm a result-oriented kind of guy. I'm a principal kind of guy. I love America. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a conservative Republican, but I'm an Alaskan first, and I'm willing to talk and, and work with all Alaskans, And uh, I would say that uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have a choice.
9: All
3: right. Charlie Pierce, uh, candidate for governor, uh, mayor of the K- uh, KPB. You got a website real quick, Charlie?
10: I do. Uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Pierce for Um You can find me out there.
3: All right. Thank you so much for coming on board this morning and sharing with us. Look forward to hearing what happens on Saturday. Thanks for being part of hey, it today.
5: Michael.
3: Uh, hold the line, Charlie. Back with more. The Michael Duke Show continues. Open line, open forum. Next, we continue. You're home for Common Sense
0: Radio, streaming live every weekday morning six to nine a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right,
3: sorry, Charlie. I give you the last. Uh, I, I love saying that. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, last, last, <laughs> last, last take, last bite at the apple here. sounded like you wanted to to say something. Uh,
10: you know, I, I just want to. Uh, encourage people to vote for me. I need your vote. Uh, I mentioned I don't have the, the, the finances. I will have some finances, but, uh, I'm going to raise a lot of money. Um, but I don't believe it takes money to win. I don't think you should be bought. No one can buy me. Uh, I'm going to run on, on principles, good principles and, and the issues. And, and, uh, what I'd ask for is your vote. I need your vote. Um, I would really, really appreciate it, Michael, if you would vote for me and, uh, and do it every day. Do it often, do it every day. and and, and uh, I just appreciate your show. And I, the conversation that takes place on the Michael Duke show is uh, uh, you know, it's community, and it's about Alaska, and i and I love it. and I've learned a lot uh, by listening to your show.
3: Well, I appreciate it. I mean, Charlie, I think that uh, you're a breath of fresh air and uh, and and again, and not making promises you can't keep. Um and and I I love that I mean you have a track record that many candidates don't have, uh, especially the private sector uh, portion of it impresses me, um and the fact of what you've done once you've been in the public sector I think that also speaks volumes at this point, um and, and as far as I as far as I'm concerned you're the go-to candidate when it comes to the primary time to uh, get out there on the ballot um I I'm excited to see what you're going to be bringing to the table. On Saturday, but more importantly, I'm excited of the possibility of somebody who's actually going to do what they you know say what they mean and do what they say, uh, which in this day and age of politics is almost an anathema. Uh, It's it's almost uh, exactly the opposite, and it's become expected. And nobody nobody wants to see that. Nobody, well, I think nobody that's really thinking about it or paying attention to it wants to see it. Maybe it's just become the expectation. And so people aren't surprised or shocked or angry anymore. But I'll tell you, I'm shocked, surprised, and angry still because I like to believe in people, and when they tell me something, I like to believe them. Uh, right up to the point to where they don't, they don't uh, follow that anymore, and they don't do what they say. Um, and so, uh, and I'm hoping, and this is, I guess, uh, the question that I should have asked on the air, but I didn't, uh, is the same question that I've asked every political candidate, it seems like, in the last ten years. Uh, And it's always kind of failed at one level or another. But if you become governor, will you have time for us? Will you have time to come on and communicate with the people? Will you be on with us every, you know, three, four weeks, at least once a month to talk for 20, 30, 40 minutes about what's going on in the state of Alaska? Uh, Will you make that time? Because I think that the argument that I get these days is, well, he's just so busy. He's just so busy. I mean, we worked hard to help get uh, Mike Dunleavy elected. We, you know, we as the program, me, Uh, You know, I threw my hat in the ring. I allowed my name to be used. I said all these things. And yet trying to get him to come on the program for more than 20 minutes at a time every 15 weeks is almost impossible because he just doesn't have time. It's something you'd have to make time for, Charlie, and I want to know if you'll commit to that.
10: I uh, I enjoy uh, conversations on the radio. I've, I've done it as mayor. I have a local a uh, brother from another mother that runs uh, runs the tall, dark and handsome show, and I'm on there regularly. Yeah, um, I go to the chamber meetings and when I'm invited and and present uh, updates on budgets. and and you know I think part of your job as a leader uh, is to be in the community and and be present and and be available. And I mentioned uh, I mentioned earlier my open door policy. I have it at the borough you walk into the borough building and you want to see me, you know, if I'm available, I'm going to make myself uh, available to you. And, uh, you know, it's my job. I feel it's a duty to serve and, and uh, you'll, I'll run you down and uh, you won't have to run me down to get on your show. And I'll, I'll, I, I, I heard uh, over the last four years, your displeasure for, and, and I missed it too. And I, and frankly, I could see the benefits if the governor would have been on your show more often. And, and um i i again i'm not afraid to uh face my critics uh i criti- my my i, I take criticism uh, constructively and i listen to it and i try to apply it to become better uh and so you can criticize me and it's not i'm not going to fall apart or cry um i'm going to take it at heart and i'm going to try to be better with it and i'm try to do better with it make it better yeah. and I'm going to be responsive to the people. I mean, I, you're you're elected by the people, and you serve for you serve the people. And uh, um, listen, it's it's just to run for this office is an honor, and um, I'm very humbled. And I'm sitting here at 63 years old, and I'm looking at my lifetime, and i um, I'm I'm put my name in to the election for the governor of the state of Alaska, and that's a big big yeah. responsibility, huge responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't take I don't take
3: it lightly. I think you're probably of all the people we've talked to, you're the man for the job, Charlie. So uh, keep keep the faith, keep things going on. Like I said, I'm going to be watching uh, for the news to pop up on Saturday and figure out what's going on. And I and uh, I mean I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to see the potential for changes. So thank- I'm
10: excited about Saturday. I hope you can attend. And 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 again, I'm I'm uh, I've got a partner, and and we have picked uh, very carefully to a lieutenant governor that's going to be very active in the state.
3: Thank you, Charlie Pierce. I appreciate you calling in, my friend. I got to go. Folks, uh, thank you so much, Charlie. We'll talk to you again soon. The Michael Duke Show. uh, Like, share, follow. Let's go. Okay. Well, it's one final segment uh on the program this morning. Good discussion with Charlie Pierce. Um I can't I can't uh I'm just trying to think of who he might Did anybody else catch the minor slip at the beginning of the discussion where it sounded like a it was a she? Uh did anybody else catch that? I mean, I'm just saying. So I'm trying to rack my brain as to potential candidates who might fall under that uh I don't know. I mean maybe I maybe I misheard. Maybe I misheard. But it doesn't matter. I can't wait to, uh <clears throat> uh it was yeah, her, or she, I can't remember what it but it was it was it was close. I don't know. We're going to see. Um I would like to hear what you guys have to say though. So we're going to open up the phone lines here at 433-3150 433-3150. The Pivotel call-in line. I've still got a couple of these stories here that uh, I want to talk about as well. Somebody just said, uh, Jeannie just said, we'll miss him here in the borough. Yeah, but he'll do the state good. If it's for one term, he could do more good in four years and then return back to the borough. And, uh, you know, if he stays strong and stays, you know, stands to his principles, even if he gets slaughtered by other people out there, even if he gets recalled. He still could stand strong. That's that's what I like to see. That's. That's what I would like to see. I'd like to see a governor that would stand up and veto stuff, even know that his vetoes will more than likely be overwritten because he did the right thing. Because then he could hold his head up high and say, look, I did this. This is not on me. This is on the legislature. The legislature decided to further this fiscal crisis. Let's go to the phones. We had a line on hold here for quite a while. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Good morning, Mike. This is Mark from Fairbanks.
3: Mark, what's on your mind?
1: It was, uh, well, it was nice to hear you and uh, Pierce this morning. uh, And uh, to answer the question uh, you had, he bellered out that he was concerned about how ranked choice voting got uh, uh, introduced to Alaska, Mm -hmm. and it was through the manipulatable. Uh, Dominion balloting machines, uh, Alaska's in the middle of a takeover, the resources, all. And we need to identify those Marxists down there trying to usurp Alaska's resources. Uh, I think that he has something con- to contribute it, but I don't know if it's in the governor's office.
3: All right. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate your call. Let's uh, move on over here to the next one. Again, with a couple lines open. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: Hi, this is Terry. I'm calling from Wasilla. Charlie's going to be at the Chugach Senior Center Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. If anyone would like to come and meet Charlie and talk to him, hear what he has to say. Um, I'm not sure how long he's going to be there. But we've set it up and arranged for people out here in the Valley and the Eagle River area to meet Charlie and find out who he is and what he stands for. So he didn't mention it, so I thought I'd call (coughs) in and mention it myself. Sure.
3: The Chugiak Senior Center at 11 a.m., is that what you said?
6: Uh Uh-huh. At 11 a.m. this Saturday.
3: This Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling in and, uh, and letting us know. I appreciate that. Uh, 433-3150, 433-3150 over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
7: Uh, G-Man calling from Fairbanks. I'll make it quick. Sure. Um, when you have a guest on a state Senator running for Senator re-election, uh, or a Congressman or like Charlie was just on ask those guys two questions. First question. Uh, we had a election fraud in the state of Alaska that, uh, got ranked choice voting in, I signed a petition for a, um, um, full forensic audit, ask him what's going on with that audit, what he's going to do about election fraud in this state. (coughs) Second question. Um, what are they going to do about the, um, the uh, illegal aliens that are being sent to the state of Alaska? Are they going to, put him on an airplane one-way ticket to the state of Delaware like I think it's one to 12 other states in the U.S. are doing and that's all that's all I got thank you for having that guy on I'm voting for him
3: all right thank you for your call I appreciate it G-Man 433-3150 if you would like to sound off this morning as we run the mill here for the open line open form at the end of the program let's go over here good morning who's this
1: Hey, it's John from North Pole. How are you doing this morning, Mike?
3: Good, sir. What's on your mind?
1: Well, I think that uh, Charlie did a good point. Um, I think it was Elon Musk who said engineers are always looking for efficiencies, but they forget that sometimes the process isn't needed. And I think what he's illustrated in Anchorage in his current position is that sometimes, even though it's always been that way, just because we can doesn't mean we should. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't necessarily need and is redundant that we can cut. But everybody's so wanting to hold on to it that they say we can't do it. But we can't. Right, right. It's completely possible. And I think he's he's illustrated and has that background that there's
5: a lot of stuff we don't need anymore.
3: Right. And just for clarification, he's the, bur- he's the mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough, not Anchorage. But I agree with you. Just because oh. just because we've always done something a certain way doesn't mean that that's the only way that it has to be done, right?
1: Correct. And, and an example was when the governor first did some cuts. I know uh, UAF was having a tizzy fit about having to cut their TV programming. Uh, and it's like Fairbanks is still small even though it's large, but they had an opportunity to consolidate with Anchorage so we're not paying for the public broadcasting twice. They didn't take that opportunity... And now they're complaining about cuts. Right. Like, we could have right. saved money and kept the program alive, but they didn't want to go that route. Right. So when people say that they're greedy and selfish, well, we could have saved a lot of money and had the same <clears throat> amount of programming for a lot less, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, again, it's the old story about the the wife who cooks the ham and cuts the end off, and the father goes back and says, why do you do that? She's, my mom always did that. And they asked the mom, and the mom said, well, my mom always did that. And they finally get grandmother in there and grandmother said, why did you you always do that? Well, it's because the pan that I had was too small or the oven was too small or whatever it was. It's because we've always done it that way and that's not the only way we need to do it. We need to stop doing things just because it's always been done that way. And I think that's 100% true right there. Thank you for your call. One final call before we uh, pull the plug for today. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
9: Uh, Jim in Fairbanks. Hello,
3: Jim. How are you, my friend?
9: i'm good how are you i'm doing good hey, it's good to I, hear you i listened to charlie he sounded pretty good and uh, but one other thing we there's such a thing as a bullet vote and somebody should be discussing that that uh, you don't have to vote for a whole bunch of idiots uh, in addition to the vote for the for a good guy so uh right just keep that in mind you could go one, as, one vote
3: yeah one vote on the right choice voting yeah so there's going to be a single vote on the primary and you're right, you could vote for all four candidates on ranked choice, or you could just vote for one if you want. So you're you're 100% right there. Although if it does go to a second round, then you, your vote doesn't count. So I don't know. I mean, I think I'll still be choosing at least. I
9: don't care, so what? Yeah,
3: I, I might be choosing at yeah. least two uh, when it comes down to it. But you're right, you could do just one, Jim. So I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. It's always good. It to give
9: It gives, you bet, you.
3: It's Bye-bye. always good to hear from you. Thank you so much. Folks, we're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow for Firearms Friday. Be kind, live well. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be ranking. I don't think I'm going to be ranking all four. I mean, maybe I will. Maybe I'll get in there and rank all four. I don't know. But I'm going to be ranking at least one or two. Depending on who gets up there to that final four. All right, my friends, out of time. Got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Thank you for coming in and joining us. If you like the show today, please hit the like button and share it with your friends. Uh, You can also share it from YouTube and uh, you can like and follow the show page on Facebook and you can hit subscribe on YouTube and then ring the little bell there to get notifications. Saturday at 5 at Paradisios in Kenai. Go see what Charlie's going to be doing. Thank you, my friends. We will see you tomorrow.